Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. All right, welcome to episode six of Thought Revolution. Uh, Today we're going to be exploring personal habits that might impede your ability to radically alter performance at work. And I mean, especially as it connects to team performance. Now, let me just preface by saying I am not a personal productivity guru or anything like that. Um, When I work with teams, I'm not working on personal productivity. I have something to say about it, and we're going to delve a little bit into that today, um, only because there's a way in which people's personal habits, the way in which they see the world and then kind of operate, gets in the way of their team being able to perform any differently. Like if I come in and they think that what I can offer is a brand new way of managing their work and don't really believe that the way in which they're currently operating just in terms of their mindset is gonna have an impact, then they're wrong. So my goal for you today is to begin to share with you typically, um, you know, how a, lot of, how a lot of us maybe operate without even noticing it. And the reason that this is important is I've seen it stymie teams and, and, um, I know from personal experience what that's like, because I certainly operate from these places too. Okay, so what I've noticed is some of us, some of the time, all right, so some of us, some of the time engage in life without clarity on the intention or impact I think that we're out to create for ourselves or others. Um, Like maybe you have a high level idea of wanting to make a difference or you live by a set of values, but maybe um, day in and day out, you aren't necessarily crystal on the impact of right now. And I don't mean like vaguely in life, like that concept of like, this is what my life's about. But I mean like, like right now, like in this next hour, like when I go into that first meeting, the outcome is X. And even more importantly, my intention is Y. So for example, oftentimes I'll be in a meeting and before I go in, I know the outcome might be that I'm trying to secure alignment but the intention is to inspire folks to be excited about what it is we're going to do. Like those work together. And you know, I've, I've worked with folks who they just know that the meeting the sales meeting, you know, whatever. And that's all that it is for them um, without being clear about the outcome or even the intention. Cause this is a human game. I mean, I'm not going into a meeting with, you know, my dog Mags um, and a, you know, a, a wooden chair, like I'm working with human beings. And so that's why this is super important. So here's what I figure. Most of us don't begin with the end in mind. And let's define that, okay? Any result in reality begins with a mental model of what's possible beforehand, right? And I think humans, they they have their performance constrained when either they don't have a model, they have the wrong model, or they have a totally incomplete model of what's possible. And I I think I might have borrowed that from Stephen Covey in his Seven Habits, um, because I got that from somewhere. I don't think that's mine. Um, but here's, here's, you know, how I've understood it is that, um, we either don't really have a model of what we're up to. Maybe it's off because of how we're feeling or thinking, or it's incomplete. Like we're missing something. So instead, instead, I feel like we live from this mindset of just being productive. Like we're just doing things. And that's how we talk about our day. Like I got this done today, or I saw this many patients today, or I was in meetings all day. Right. 
and we focus on what we do instead of what we create. And I think some of you have heard me talk about that. Um, I go through some of this in my first episode and also in my fifth episode um, when I was talking about improving the work is the work. And this focus on what we do instead of what we create, that can have a consequence on our performance. So let me give you an example. Let me just um, throw this out. Let me actually, instead of an example, let me back up and give you a definition. So. Um, most of us who are productive probably aren't really thinking clearly about what that means. And so I'm just going to go ahead and set this for you. So productivity in my mind anyways, is really measured by quantity against capacity. I know, blah, blah, blah. But let me, let me see if I can put this in layman's terms. Um, it sounds like this. I was able to get this much done in this amount of time, right? So quantity against capacity. I got this much done in this amount of time. I was able to get five meetings done today. I saw 10 patients. What's different when we think about intention and impact is effectivity. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm going to have to Google it. Effectivity is really measured by value against effort. So it sounds like this. I had this much impact or I produced this much result in this amount of time, right? So it's totally different. One is oriented against what you create and the value and the other is oriented against just what you're doing. And the paradox is you can totally be productive, like you can be super productive without being effective at all, right? Like we just know that. So think about this. I feel like there's this myth of productivity that most of us cling to. I know I know, I do anyways. And so as I share a lot of these things, by the way, um, and work with teams, a lot of this just comes from examining my own life. And then once I see something, starting to take a look at everyone around me and just trying to be able to test, like, am I seeing the same patterns out there? Because some folks have some amazingly powerful patterns that contradict like what I do. But um, let, let, me, let me check myself here with you and see if you can connect with any, any of these. So myth number one, um, and I'm going to ask you the question, do you really believe, is it actually possible for anyone, think about your life right now, to get everything there is for you to do and handle done? Like, is it possible to actually get everything there is to do and handle done? Like, think about everything there is to do and handle. When I mean like to do and handle, like everything you need to do in terms of taking care of your yard, taking care of your house, taking care of your laundry, taking care of your bills, taking care of, um, you know, kids, taking care of your relationships, taking care of relationships with parents and siblings, taking care of finances, taking care of health, taking care of nutrition, taking care of reading those magazines, taking care of um, making sure that you watch that movie, taking care, you know, and on and on, right? Like everything there is to do and handle, right? Is it possible? If you're really to list everything that you need to maybe get done, is it possible to get it all done? And, you know, dramatic pause. No, no, like you'll never get it all done. Like that's like, that's just the truth. You won't. And it's funny because I think most of us maybe intellectually know that, right? Like notice that, you know, you understand, yeah, I'll never get it all done, but secretly I bet you still hope you can, right? Or intellectually, it totally makes sense that you'll never get it all done, but you still want to try, right? Um, it's interesting to consider that you'll never get it all done, but maybe you're the exception on this day in this afternoon, like, cause it kind of feels good. I think that there's actually endorphins or something released in our brains, like when we can check something off a list, right? Or maybe like me asking that question, it's like, it's obvious, like, yeah, I'll never get it all done, but you habitually think that maybe you should get it all done, right? Um, you know, or I've even worked with leaders having been in leadership positions myself as both manager and director. Um, 
uh, and then over an entire program. Like good leaders should get it all done and they're kind of failures if they don't, right? And you start to take a look at yourself and stock inventory against some of the other leaders. Um, and since you're a good leader, you're gonna get it all done anyways, even if you can't. Like I see that all the time. I mean, think about it. Like what are some of the ways that you try to get it all done? I mean, I know you think, uh, I won't get it all done. That's how you sound, by the way. Uh, I won't get it all done. But maybe you do certain things. Like, like ch just check out your um, behavior. Maybe you stay up late trying to get some things done. Or maybe you sneak in an email um, when you're in between meetings or you're in a meeting or when you're out with friends or at dinner. Um, or maybe you get up early to try to get it all done. Or maybe you delegate. And, and maybe it doesn't sound like you're trying to quote unquote get it all done. You're just trying to, um, you know, just stay even, you know, you're not trying to fall behind, right? Like, so what's the source of this thinking? And I, and I, it's a little pervasive, it's a little hidden, but we have to begin to see it. And so I'm curious if you have any of these habits, right? Um, so maybe this happens, maybe someone walks into your office and then what you do is you stop, you know, doing what you're doing and you start to talk, right? Because that's what we do. Or maybe something comes up that you need to remember and it's like, oh, and you jot it down on a scrap of paper or a post-it note. Um, or maybe an email arrives in your inbox and you stop what you're doing and you read and clear your email. Or, or I do this sometimes, or maybe you just leave it unread so that you can deal with it later, right? Um, and it's interesting because if you start to take a look at some of the ways in which you behave to try to quote unquote get it all done, it's fascinating. I've got like a stack of magazines and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna read that, but I'm efficient. I'll get to that later. You should see the size of that stack. I have to recycle it. It's ridiculous. When we start our week, or our day without like a clear set of goals or intentions, we end up being driven by something totally different. We end up being driven by appointments and tasks, which is interesting to me because um, instead of being driven by intention, which I like to think I am, oftentimes I'm driven by this habit to just get things done. And it's funny because I don't know about you, but I think these habits came from a place uh, that maybe when I lived a simpler time, right? When I was a kid and I could get it all done, like the biggest thing in my life was just getting dressed and maybe brushing my teeth. And the more and more I grow and the bigger and bigger my life actually gets, right? With, um, you know, having a business, having a family, having kids, growing relationships, having big goals in my life. You know, it, it's just those habits become outdated, but they're just so entrenched and I bring them in to more complex or um, more ambitious um, states that I'm trying to accomplish. And here's the funny thing, right? Like I'll reach for technology thinking like that'll, that'll help me get it all done and it won't. Like it really won't, it'll maybe free up a little bit of time, but not a lot, right? Um, that's the arbitrage that we're in right now where the arbitrage is time and everything is moving towards trying to, you know, free up time and it kind of started for some of us growing up, right? Like seven minute abs, like I like that. You know, I'll do seven minutes and not 30 minutes. And, and now it's moving from, you know, um, video and typing to voice, right? And trying to free up our time that way. Um, maybe you'll try something like lightening your load, but you know, you still won't be able to free up enough time to get it all done, right? So these habits just don't correlate to today's fast paced and complex reality. And I'm talking a little bit about life right now um, outside of work because we're gonna bring this and we bring these habits into work. And, and I really believe that, and the reason I'm trying to you know, try to paint this picture is because this idea of getting it all done or not falling behind, I don't care what version of that story you tell yourself, it's the wrong place to come from because it's a place of productivity. When in fact, what we want is effectivity. So one of my favorite leaders and authors, his name's Gary Keller. 
he owns Keller Williams Real Estate and he's also written this book, The One Thing. And I love one of his quotes he puts out. He says, make sure every day you do what matters most. Because when you know what matters most, everything makes sense. And when you don't know what matters most, anything makes sense. And I can totally relate to that, especially um, having been in the workforce and being dragged around by different priorities and definitely now owning my own business and knowing that every single day um, I get to figure out what I'm up to and man, can I get lost, right? So the idea is that we come from purpose and that's really what he's getting at, which I think you know, is really the base before we get to even any goals that we have. And here's the deal. Most of our habits are anchored in language. And most of us think about and plan for what we need to do and don't frame what we need to accomplish or the result of what we do. And so it's really fascinating when you really start to look at it. So I'm just going to ask you a question. How many of you out there actually sleep with your phone just an arm's length away from you? Like, honestly, if I was in front of you, I'd ask you to raise your hand. And I swear to God, I've asked this question so many times. And oftentimes what I find is like almost everybody in the room raises their hand, right? The phone's just right there. And how many of you, when you wake up in the morning, you look at that phone, right? Like it's one of the first things you do. And I bet if I looked at your calendar, I wouldn't be able to see what you're trying to accomplish today. I'd probably see if I opened up your calendar or task list, what you need to do, right? Like what your appointments or your time blocks are. And you know what? Congratulations. That's excellent, right? Like you've graduated into a level of human being that allows you to get things done and be productive. That's fantastic. What we want is for you to actually expand and have um, just a bigger impact on the result. And so that's not strong enough to really be able to break out and have um, you know a radically altered shift in performance. It's just not, right? So I wanna offer a way of framing your day based on purpose and accomplishment. And I feel like this becomes the starting point for teams who are trying to build new mindsets to begin tapping into, because that's what this is about. Um, when I come in and work with the team and we do a technical redesign of how they manage their work or we do a, a process redesign of how they might be delivering their services, it's going to get you a result, the end. But for you to sustain it, there's a couple of things that need to happen. We need to build systems for you to continuously align and improve. But what gets missed more often than not is we need to build the mindset. And I don't think that there's a really strong um, reliable way out there to do that. And so I always have to back into how are people personally operating? Cause I think that's the biggest place, at least in my experience that I've seen teams be able to just get a, a large amount of mileage. Okay. So what I'm going to offer you is a way of framing your day based on purpose and accomplishment, which sounds maybe a little different than what you're used to. And a statement of accomplishment really has a few elements to it. One, Statements of accomplishment are stated from the end of the outcome looking back. I know it sounds weird, but it's interesting because if you think about the element of time, we think about like these concepts of the past and the future, but they're just fake. Like there's only now, like there's no such thing as, you know, later. There's only now, right? And so here's the thing, because we're trying to change mindset, we have to change what we do to be able to shift how we see. And so if we're going to change what we do, one of the things we have to begin to change and begin to see in our lives is what we created before it actually happens. Like we're, we're creating the future and then we're, we're stepping into it. it. That's kind of like the mind frame here. So um, a statement of accomplishment, if it was going to go into like your calendar appointment book would be stated as the end of the outcome looking back. Like I have 
or we have, right? So that's the sound it has. We have um, aligned on the outcomes for the day. We have created um, decisions on uh, what direction or policy uh, we were going to you know, implement, right? So that it starts with the end of the outcome looking back. The second element is it stated as something you or you and others have accomplished, right? And the third element, I'm gonna put these together, creates a vivid and positive image of the future. So, you know, you want to make sure that it's really inspiring. So, for example, um, rather than having a meeting that just says clinical practice meeting, it might actually say we created cutting edge new practices that will empower our community. Like just they sound so different, right? One is what am I doing today? Oh, we've got a clinical practice meeting. Yay. And the other is really talking about just the end results. We created a cutting edge new practice that will empower our community. I'm looking back. And it's something me or that team might accomplish and it has a vivid and positive image of the future, right? And so that brings me to the fourth element. It should leave you if it's done well, because this is really personal. Like the reason we do this isn't um, to just have a fancy new way of writing, you know, what we're doing in life. It's because we're trying to open up places where we've been constrained. A lot of times we're just kind of resigned and like we, you know, we all have our limits like, oh, okay, I'm done. Like we have those statements, right? I'm done it's over, I'm over it, you know, no more, no mas, whatever that is for you, right? And so what we're trying to do is push past that so that we can actually have a different level of performance. So this fifth element, it leaves you energized and focused and looking forward to the accomplishment that lies ahead. And I think that's really important. So consider that maybe your appointment says, you know, Chris and Blake one-on-one, -on -one, and instead it says, we aligned on inspiring quarterly goals. That just sounds way more inspiring to me. So again, there are four elements. Um, a statement of accomplishment is stated from the end of the outcome looking back. It's stated as something you or others have accomplished, creates a vivid um, and maybe positive image of the future, and it leaves you, because this is for you, it leaves you energized and looking forward to the accomplishment that lies ahead. Um, because here's the deal, uh, you know, what it's gonna force you to do is really think about whether or not you have clarity on the outcome. And that I think is awesome because sometimes we don't. And the other thing that it's going to do is it's going to put you into action around something. Oftentimes when I get brought in to work with teams on team-based performance, um, you know, I might redesign and restructure the way in which they have a management process in place to be able to deliver their goods and services. Um, awesome. Or maybe I redesign the process to be able to uh, make sure that they're able to, you know, um, Im improve their throughput or their productivity. Awesome. Here's the deal. You're going to get a bump in performance no matter what, when you do that work in order to sustain, in order, to, in order to be able to achieve consistent and sustainable results, you need to have a system in place that will allow you to continuously align and improve your work and, and you need to have routines in place for the human beings that are a part of that system to begin to expand their mindsets and expand what they know is possible and be more intentional. Because all of these systems are about creating adaptivity and to be adaptive, it means you have to be somewhat predictive. So that's what we're up to. I also want to call out that, um, and this maybe is a fifth element around the statement of accomplishment, that it makes you the author of your future rather than the victim of it, which is really cool. Um, because now you're really uh, beginning to get pulled by a brand new future, right? So maybe what your calendar looked like before, it said, you know, um, desk time to finish project work. And now it can say, I finalized a contract template that will feed our community or whatever that sounds like. So it, it provides you um, an opportunity to bring purpose 
to work and now you're authoring that future like this is what I did I finalized you know X I finalized that contract and the difference it made it'll feed our community um, which is different than you know oh I got that like is I got the contract done, which is more like something to do, which is something to get through, which is totally different, right? Um, I want you to consider a couple other things here um, around a statement of accomplishment. I think that what I've said so far are, are the hard pieces. You know, it's going to require you to consider what might be needed to be successful because anytime you're thinking about the outcome, you're going to ask different questions like who else needs to be part of the conversation, what specifically needs to get talked about, what information might be missing. But I think lastly, you know, maybe this is number seven, it has you own the result before you even take action. And I think for most of us to be able to exercise that much power is a break from the past. All right, so how do you put this in action, right? I always tell teams when folks that I'm working with, the first step is assessing if you're doing the right things and coming from a place of creating value in the world. And so there's three things that we begin to take a look at. We find out whether or not we're clear on what we need to accomplish versus do. We figure out whether or not what we need to accomplish is moving you closer to a greater goal. And then lastly, we try to figure out what are the most important things then that you need to accomplish. So those three things. So typically I ask folks these three questions. And so this is, consider these three questions your assessment. In fact, you can pull out your phone or if you're still paper-based, which is awesome, I love you, you can pull out that calendar as well. And I want you to ask yourself these three questions. One, do you have a goal listed for the week that you're working towards accomplishing? Uh, so take a look at that. If you don't, bam, you need to figure that out. If you're part of a team and you're trying to figure out like, well, what's our team goal? That might be too big a step to start from. If you're a manager, you can begin having these conversations. Um, but if you're not, if you're an individual contributor, that might be too big a step. So think about like just within the own the work that you own, is there you know a goal that you have listed for the week? And if that's even too much, just take a step back into your personal life. Like, do I have a goal listed for the week? The second question, which is this is kind of like part one A and then part one B, is if you have a goal for the week, is that goal connected? to a larger goal, like a monthly goal or a quarterly goal that might be connected to a year-long goal. And it starts to show you where you're being pulled or driven by a future and where you're not, okay? So that's the only thing that we're looking at. You know what, if you don't, you know, that doesn't mean that like, you know, all is lost. Just start by being in action and thinking about like, what is the goal for my week? Because ultimately what we're gonna get to is reverse engineering your lives because that's what we're doing when we try to improve team performance, re reverse engineering the performance. But it starts by building these personal habits, okay? The second question in your assessment would be, you know, now that you understand whether or not you have a goal for the week and if it's connected to a larger goal like a, a monthly goal or, or a quarterly goal, are your appointments or tasks aligned with that goal? So obviously if you don't have a goal, they're not. If you do have a goal, you want to see which tasks are directly aligned with it. Sometimes I color code it. It's like if I have one goal, if I have two goals, one might be in red, one might be in green, and then I might color code, you know, which ones are connected, which tasks are connected to that. Um, goal. And then three, are your appointments or tasks title or written as accomplishments, statements of accomplishments as a result in, as, instead of tasks? So we're kind of working backwards. Do I have a goal for the week? Is it connected to something longer term? Um, are my appointments or my tasks aligned with that goal? And then lastly, how do I transform those tasks or appointments into accomplishment statements? So those are the three things that you can begin actually doing right now. What I usually tell folks is just start with two appointments or tasks on your calendar or your to-do list, you know, maybe that are not written as accomplishments and just practice rewriting them because it's, it's kind of like a, a shift for some of us. Um, and then reframe them based on the impact or result that you want to create. So 
Um, you know, like I said, I'll give you some examples. Maybe instead of clinical practice meeting, we created a cutting edge new practice that'll empower our community. Maybe instead of um, an, an appointment that says stakeholder engagement, um, it can say we committed to a breakthrough in stakeholder communication. Um, maybe instead of like Chris and Dave one-on-one, -on -one, it can say we aligned on inspiring quarterly goals. Um, maybe instead of your appointment saying intake, it can say we developed powerful goal for uh, goals for Mark's future and established a trusting relationship. Um, you know, I, I know that was one from a group that was working with um, homeless youth and foster care youth. Um, if maybe you have, we talked about this, if, if you're, you've got a time block to get um, project work done, it can say I finalized, you know, this template that'll feed our community or that will, you know, create inspiring newer alignment or um, I finalized the decision around this that will provide massive clarity for my team and bring them, you know, some peace or, you know, peace of mind, whatever that is, right? Like, just think about like what it is you're trying to create and work backwards. All right, well, that's just how I'm thinking about things. I think goals are awesome because they give us something to strive for, right? Like we reach for them. We actually have something that we're trying to um, get pulled into. But here's the thing. Goals are awesome because they give us something to strive for. Purpose is a little different. And that's why I like mixing outcome with intention. Because while goals are something that we are reaching for, I really think that purpose is the place that we come from, right? So you can actually live your purpose now, even though you're on your way to trying to reach your goal. And I think that's what's really cool about doing this work with teams, because a lot of times teams are trying to build a new identity, one from being reactive and in crisis mode to being predictive and being um, adaptive. And so having a place to come from gives you some immediacy to begin owning something different as you're trying to create something different, you know? So the more we can build routines to live purposeful lives, I think the more power we have over our time and our level of fulfillment. That's it. That's what I got. That's your dose of thought revolution for today. I know that all of you wake up each day with just this expectation to make a difference and to matter in the world. And my goal for you is you spend less time making it work and more time actually making a difference. I'm Chris Nebro. Don't forget to like, comment, or leave a question for me. And please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. All right, see you guys next time.